Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Hello, welcome back to the Villa View. A little lighter than we advertised. I'm very sorry, very, very sorry. In fact, it's something to do with my internet. I'm not sure what the problem is, but new build houses seem to put something in their walls that interferes with internet signals. So I can only apologise for that. Hopefully you can all hear me. The main thing is I hope Neil can hear me as well. Neil, give me a thumbs up if you can hear me. This is good because that is not what's been happening in the green room before we started. This is the post-match points in association with Purity Ale. If you use the code hashtag VillaView, you'll get 10% off everything Purity have to offer. And Purity always tastes better after Aston Villa win. And the weekend also got off to a great start by Villa winning on a Friday night as well, didn't it, Neil? It does help. It does help the weekend. This isn't helping the weekend, the end of this. But it was a good start to the weekend anyway. It was great. Yeah, it was fantastic. If Friday night under lights, is, you know, we often lament that as being a big, a big thing for Aston Villa. I think we spoke about it previously about the old floodlights with the A and the V, and you know, floodlit games at Villa Park always always tend to kind of hit a bit differently. And uh, thankfully, we got off to a great start in that game. And uh, yeah, as I say, I watched it in the pub and ended up doing a post match podcast from the pub. And uh, that was a bit of fun, considering somebody handed me a shot of whiskey while I was trying to do a podcast. And uh, that was, yeah. But as you said, it is fantastic. It's great to get that win. And and this winning is becoming a habit. And winning dirty and winning maybe in, in situations that we wouldn't have won previously is beginning to become a bit of a habit. And, and you know, you can't. Yes, we can criticise, I suppose, the, the, the last game, Stevenage. But apart from that, Emery has gotten all his steps right. And, and, and he did yeah. so again at the weekend uh, on Friday night. Yeah, league form. Absolutely stupendous. Since Emery's come in, Villa have picked up the most points, I believe, is a stat that I saw earlier. I'm sure AVFC AVFC stats are probably floating around somewhere, although he may have got bored of waiting for us. If he is there, I'm sure he'll post his stats as the show goes on. The first thing I wanted to talk about, you've already touched upon, the great start. This attack in the whole end in the first half seems to be going very, very well. And Leon Bailey in particular really seems to like it. Goals in front of the whole end early in games. That's now... Uh, Brentford, Manchester mm. United, 
and Leeds at home, where we've started fast, we've attacked the whole end first. In a not in a night game in particular, I quite like it. I wish I don't know whether we should do it all the time, but I think for certain games, especially under the lights, when you want to get the atmosphere going, attack the whole end first because Leon Bailey and Aston Villa seem to love it. Another lovely finish in front of his favourite stand. Yeah, and it, that was a great goal in, in a lot of ways because they we we almost didn't even deserve that goal because the way we defended the corner was comical, only for the fact it was Marco Rocca that completely overran his his spot for the corner. He was he should have stuck that in the back of the net. Hits off, um, I think it was Ollie Watkins. Does it hit off? It yeah. Hits off Mings first, then off Ollie Watkins. Bubaka Kamara should not be in the position he was in when he receives that ball out. It's a lovely pass. It's a lovely pass to him as well, outside Beautiful of the scoop, scooper. Was it Conta? I think it was Conta or Young. I can't remember which one it was, but it was it was a lovely scooped pass. It found him perfectly. And the way he took that ball down and just carried yeah. on in his stride. We'll come on to Kamara because he's absolutely phenomenal. He's brilliant. But, you know, he just bombed towards towards the stand. The whole end was actually a bit antsy as he came, as he came towards the stand. And again, we'll come on to the whole end being, being quite antsy as well. Because I think they thought he'd held onto the ball a little bit too long. Me but too. He, but he passed it to Bailey. By Leeds then, for some strange reason... Let Bailey do exactly what he wanted to do. And, you know, in front of the whole end, he doesn't miss those. No. Uh, when he got that, I was I was screaming at the screen. I was like, oh, you've lost it. You've, you've left it too late to pass it off. And it, But once Bailey got it, I put my hand. My mate was lead supporter. He was with me. I put my hand on his shoulder. I goes, 1-0. Like that. And next thing, he just shot in the back of the net. You just know that's going to happen because when Leon Bailey is given that space, he can put it in the back of the net. He did it against Manchester United. Did it a couple of times in the, in the in preseason friendlies at the start of the year as well, you know, cutting in uh, on that side and, and finishing with his left foot. And Aston Villa, like that, that was a really good start to get, really good start. And from a player that, that you know has been much lamented over the last ten days for being down on his look, you could see the difference in 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 him. And and this is something he needs to work on. You know, you can't let your like. You can't let your, your, your emotions get in the way of you that much that, you know, it completely affects your, your, your whole game. But from then on, after scoring that, that that early goal, he was a different player than he's been over the last 10 days as well, probably over the last month or so. And I thought that he was he was quite impressive. Yeah, he was 100% needed that goal. He's a confidence player. I think I've got a few players who are a bit like that. They start the game well. They go on and have a good game. But if they got up to a bad start or, or it stays nil-nil or Villa go behind... They don't hide. I don't think I wouldn't accuse many in the Villa team of, of hiding, no. but they go into their shells a little bit. That they, they lose confidence and they don't seem to be able to do the things they're good at. Straight after Bailey scored, you know, the next time he got the ball, he he went on a dribble and he he caused mm-hmm. Leeds problems and he and he looks confident again. He's just got to find some consistency in his game because at the moment That's he's it. either brilliant or terrible. There's never any middle ground with Leon Bailey, and he's a dangerous player. He can be electric in front of goal. He's got a wand of a, of a left foot. You know, that's, that's five goals in the Premier League, I think, or six goals for the season. I think I think he's got now. All the goals seem to be coming in front of the whole send as, as well. And these fast starts, they're good for him as well, because if he gets off to a good start, he tends to have a decent game. It's, it's, it's when he doesn't get off to a good start, and the first thing he tries doesn't come off. That's when he seems to struggle. So we need to get more out of him generally, but he does need to find some consistency in his game as well because he's either up there or down there. Yeah, especially if he's going to be played as this pseudo striker with Watkins now being injured. Don't know what the synopsis is on him. Um, I don't even actually remember. Um, I don't even actually remember how he got injured. Watkins, did he kind of did someone just kind of stand on his foot? Or something, but what I'm getting it at is unclear. It was unclear at the game, to be honest, what what yeah. happened. But he went down, tried to play on, and then eventually he had, he had to go off. But 
Mm. Uh, again, we'll talk about Watkins later, later on in the show, but yeah, it's, it's a blow that, that injury because we're not blessed with attacking options no. at the moment. I put something out on Twitter and it seemed that half the people agreed with what I said and half the people didn't. So that just seems to be Twitter. But but we'll come on to that. But I've got to say, I'll give some, even in that first half, I thought Leeds were pretty good. But I thought Villa's defending was good. Yeah. You sound about that corner, that first corner coming in. Villa didn't defend that well, but got away with it and came out with, with the attack. Villa, I thought Leeds caused us problems in in the, the whole game, but in, in particular the first half, I thought they played with such energy and tempo. And we kind of sat, sat back a little bit, particularly towards the end of the first half. But actually we showed some resilience and some good defending. And Emi Martinez's save. You know, Ayling's done excellent to get that ball across the, the, the way he has. It's an unbelievable save from Emi Martinez. And there was a couple of blocks in, in that half as well. And you just think, that's what you want to say. That's when Villa were, were at their best. When It was Martinez, Concer and Mings who were the axes the season when we started really well in the Premier League in, in, in lockdown. Some of the defending that game I felt was back to that level. And I don't think I've thought that about our defence for a long time. I'd agree. Um, the, the Yeah, there was a 10-minute period there before... Before half time, I think when Leeds stepped like they had a goal ruled out, um, marginally ruled out. It was offside, but still it was ruled out. They had that brilliant save. They had that uh, that um block from Moreno, um, yeah, unbelievable and, block. Yeah, so I I think I but what I will say is that uh, they had two players that really really shone for me, and there were the two players obviously obviously on Nanto on on the wing. He got an awful lot of the ball, and he was quick, and he, but I I still don't think that he was that effective in a lot of things that he whipped a couple of them into the box all right that was fine but i think that you know he got frustrated with the with, with some of the defending of the the close marking villa had in him but i think tyler adams in their midfield just really made them take all over the place you know Good just lad. the ability the way that we talk about Kamara, Leeds fans are beginning to look at him and go he's he's able to do all these things as a defensive midfielder and be a pivot in there and i think he was impressive their back four shaky as hell um, well, this is the problem for Leeds. I think they've probably got a couple of championship players in the back four. A couple of players, in, I'm not being disrespectful, but Ailing and Cooper, oh. who'd never really played top level of football before. Bielsa elevated them and they you know, worked under, hard under Bielsa to make themselves Premier League players. But I do think they get found out a, a little bit for Leeds and perhaps let the side down a little bit. They've oh. probably got that lack of, of Premier League quality, I would say. And I, I think probably the difference in defence was why Villa won that game, I, I, I would say. I would say the difference in the two defences, because I thought Leeds were very good, but it all falls down. Again, Villa were clinical as well, the chances they had they took, but for Leeds, it kind of falls down in both penalty areas, I would say, but what's in between is, is, is very, very nice. I thought Ganonto was, was electric all night. People are talking about the injuries in the comments. Obviously, we lost Luca Dean relatively early. We lost Ollie Watkins in the first half as well. Mm. So that's obviously having an impact to our growing injury list. But it also impacted us later on in the game because it meant we only had one sub-break yeah. left because we'd already used two sub-breaks. I don't know whether people took that into account at the, in the ground at the time, but that was something that meant that later on in the game when we were getting tired, we perhaps couldn't change it in the way we planned because we had to use two subs in, in the first half. So to go in 1-0 at half-time, having lost a couple of players and you know, come under the cosh at certain times as well. Again, it's that resilience is starting to creep into Villa's play now. Yeah, and 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 I think it is because of the, it's becoming settled, as you mentioned, up the middle. If that makes sense, uh, like and, and by own, by no means is this uh, is is this. I don't know what I want to kind of what I want to say with regards to the two centre halves because they have some really good days and they've got they do have their off days as well, and I think it's okay to say that. But today was our Friday was one of our good days. And I think the Kanza looked every bit. I think Kanza looked good. I think Mings looked good. And and um, I know I saw stuff on Twitter afterwards that 
they, they both look shaky. I, I didn't really get that feeling from the game. I, didn't. I felt like they were in control of what they were doing in so all did stuff. I. Yeah, I thought they were too. Um, and, and I think as well, the I think the Douglas Luiz, um, Kamara burgeoning, blossoming partnership in there is really making a big difference. It's a, to, it's a top quality there. partnership, guys. Top quality. It, it's looking better and better each game. It really is. And uh, and like as I say, even that back four, ten minutes into the game, Luca Dean comes off, and you've got a completely different player who's only trained once with the club comes in at left back. And I want to go back to that block that he made because he makes that block in the right back position. The, the diagonal run he has to make to get to that man to be able to block that ball is just nothing short of fantastic. And I want to talk about him. I suppose specifically Alex Moreno. He ended up in the in the opponent's box. He got a couple of shots away. He was cutting in off his left wing. He was doing the Philip Lamb impression in midfield. Just a completely different player to Luca Dean. Completely different player to to Luca Dean. And it was exciting because you saw he first ten minutes he came on he was ropey enough. He looked like he was a bit excited, which is to be understood. He's only, I thought only he just struggled months. to get up to speed. To be honest, yeah. coming from La Liga, it's so much slower. You have way more time on the board in La Liga than you do in uh, the Premier League. I think. Mm. Any player who's coming from La Liga, that first, that first 10 minutes, especially when you weren't expecting to be on so early, I think you know, it's a baptism of fire. I think he did struggle, but he got up to speed pretty quickly and became a good outlet for Villa. And obviously, as you're talking about as well, he did the defensive side of, of things as well. I just mm. liked that he had that bit of energy. You know, he give and go as well when, it, when, it, when he passed the ball. When we were playing out from the back, he seemed to be a great outlet to ping the ball to and he drive on and, cr- and create space. You know, he had a shot. Like, like you say, he's done all the defensive side as well. It's, it's his first game, so I'm not sitting here and he's the, the, the second coming of Roberto Carlos. But, you know, it was a good game. And it's sometimes it's good to have two different types of left-back. And he's yes. very, very different to Luca Dean. Mm. Yeah, and that, that was my main, main takeaway was he was he is different. And, and when people ask, you know, you know, why would we sign another left-back? I think that even goes to show so far as that we will probably see the two of them in the same team. If Christensen's like, going to get cancelled, I think, by the looks of things. I believe his line's going to get cancelled yeah, from, from, that, from what I read the other day. So... I think that yeah. they would they would have obviously foreknown that Ken Kessler Hayden was coming back into the into the mix. Ashley Young obviously playing the right right side at the moment can play left side. He goes back into the auxiliary role. Like obviously he's probably going to be starting it right back. In the, you know now with with, with cash carrying an injury and so on. But um, you know I think there still are options there with regards to with regards to left back, right back. Uh, Ken Kessler Hayden. But whatever happens with him when he comes back now, I think he's probably needed around the first team at the moment, given our injuries, uh, given mm. the injuries and where we are uh, now. But um, Alex Moreno will have, uh, I suppose, a, a more in-depth training week, I think, this week, because, um, you know, it's it's all going to come on after 10 minutes into a game where no one's expecting anything from you. But there's, there will be 80 minutes of tape on him. And and what he does and what he didn't do in that game and I think that uh, I, I, as you say I think that he he's we still have more to see from him. Yeah, very good though, very accomplished first yeah, oh yeah. performance from, from him. Most touches, of, most touches of anyone in the field, he had eighty touches. Yeah, and that's um, impressive in itself. Absolutely. Yeah. What did you make of the playing out of the back for the whole game? I don't know how it came across on TV, but I was obviously sitting the whole ten. That's where my seat is. So in the second half, I was behind Villa playing out from the back. We have given up a couple of goals in games, Brighton, Stevenage. I get that. So I understand why the crowd are a little bit antsy. But I never really felt in any massive trouble with it on, on, on Friday night. But the crowd, the nervous energy that they put across to the, to the players while Villa are doing that. People are talking about Concer and Mings not being good enough on the ball. I, I thought they were completely in control 
of what they were doing. There was obviously a plan. It was obviously something that had been worked on during the week. I think there was one pass from Martinez into Kamara in the middle of the park in the second half that was quite reminiscent of the Den Duncan mistake against Stevenage, and we got we got away with it. But other than that, I thought we did it really well. And I actually think when we were doing that, that was when we were at our brightest. And that was when we actually managed to open leads up and initiate some attacks was from from that kind of play. I thought we were well in control of it, of it. I don't know how it came across on TV to you, Neil. I don't know what state you were in yeah, as well with, it, with the old drinky poos. I, I, I honestly thought it was fine, but the reaction from the Holt end, it, it does transmit... and The Holt end transmits a nervous energy onto the players, in, in my opinion. But I, I thought it was absolutely fine. It, it came across fine on TV as well. Yeah, and, and, that's, that, that, and this is the... This is this is the crux of it, I suppose. When I was on when I was on Twitter afterwards, I didn't understand where the Mings and Kanza looked very shaky. Um, oh, conversation was coming either. from. I, I I didn't get I didn't get it from TV. And then you know, as you have a conversation with people, you find well, you know, we were there and we were looking at them. We were at the game and they 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 looked shaky. They looked like there was a massive there was a massive gap between them and stuff like that. And they're all fine. They're all fair fair things to say. But on on TV, you know, probably when we had a better bird's eye view of a lot of those uh the, that that shot passing out i think one thing i will say what i did notice about it was there was less straight passing in the in in the back amongst the back four and amongst the goalkeeper it was more diagonal it was more to angles one of the big things that caught then donker is the more you look at it you should never give a guy a straight pass in the edge of your box like that they should really be last resort and when it's 100 percent safe to do it you don't really want to have that. You want to give somebody an angle so that he can arc his body or he can use his body. Whereas you give somebody a straight pass, there's nothing they can do other than shield it and hope that they can give it back to somebody else. But there wasn't an awful lot of those, bar the Bubakar Kamara one that you mentioned. And I think that's probably why on TV it looked a small bit better was we were coming, we were, we were it, it was just a small bit more refined uh, and we weren't doing, we, it wasn't as silly um, as it was uh, maybe against, against Stevenage um, for that goal specifically. But I uh, can't say that I felt that the two guys were under too much pressure uh, when they had the ball at feet. I mean, I had a couple of purities myself, so maybe I was a bit more relaxed than normal. <laughs> Honestly, I, for context, I sit in the whole upper, row five, dead centre. So I, I can see it. And it, I felt the players were leaving the passes a little late was part of the plan of what we were trying to do to open leads up. So we'd leave it to the last second until the leads player arrived on the scene to close down and then pass it. But then that was making mm. was making the crowd nervous. I feel like the crowd being nervous will then reflect onto the players. Maybe the players will end up doing something stupid because of that. But I honestly thought Martinez, Constant, Mings, they were always in control of what was going on. And the other point I want to make around this playing out from the back, Villa fans have lamented for years, well, we've got no playing style. What do they do in yeah, training yeah. during the week? Yeah, yeah. So then the players do something that demonstrates that they've been working on something in training in the week. They've got a plan for a specific game. Emery plays in a certain way. All good teams play that way. Any successful mm. team, really. They, they play out from the back. So Villa start doing that, but the fans don't, don't like it. And you've got people shouting, go long, get rid of it. But when they go long and give the ball away, the fans have a go at them anyway. So... Stick with it because it's clear that if Villa want to evolve as a football team and become a good team, we're going to have to start doing things like that. A few people tweeted me saying, well, we haven't got the personnel to do it at the moment. I disagree. I don't think Conor and Mings are bad on the ball. I don't think Martinez is, is bad on the ball. And when it was working, and honestly, Moreno was getting so much space. And that, that was, we struggled. I think we struggled to open leads up all, all game, really. But I felt that avenue was really, really working for us from, from watching there. And Rob Henry just made a good point as well. You won't come up against many teams that press as well as Leeds. Mm. So 
I felt it worked against Leeds. People might disagree with me. You know, that's what, why we all love football, because we all have different opinions and we all think we're right. That's just the way watching football is. But you can't lament not having a playing style. And then when you've got a playing style, criticise it. Because that's obviously how Emery wants to play. That's how he played against Arsenal. I think it was the FA Cup. I know when he didn't get it, it wasn't, that was Arteta. I got confused. But, you know, some of, the, some of the Arsenal goals they scored under Emery, I believe, came from playing out in that way. And they played some nice football. And I remember at the time, people saying, oh, they're making progress, Arsenal under Emery. They're heading in the right direction. They're doing this. They're doing that. It'll all come together. And, you know, as, as we get fully fit players, Diego Carlos comes back in mm. as well. Someone who's probably more used to, to doing that than maybe Conser is. I thought Conor and Mings were absolutely fine with it yeah. on, on Friday night. I thought it was good. I just don't like the antsiness of, of the crowd because, as I said, I think it transmits onto the players. Yeah, as I say, I, I, I can't say I can't say what it's like in the actual ground, you know, since Emery's been there because I haven't been there myself. But um, I could imagine how, how that could uh, transmit onto the field. But, no, once again, when I was watching it on TV, I, 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 I'd never felt, and like my heart was never in my mouth. When we were playing out from the back, and uh, I, I thought that, yeah, I, I, I know it means had a slip, um, and uh, you know I've been critical of Kanza in the past, but you know we take it, we take that game as it was on Friday night. I thought the two guys had two fine games, and you know I wouldn't be, I wouldn't be critical of them in, in any essence at all, really. Yeah, and again, this is my own personal opinion. Watkins going off injured. I think we lost a massive outlet that would have been useful in that game. I didn't think we were brilliant on Friday. I'm going to, to be perfectly honest, I didn't think it was one of our better performances under Emery. But we've ground out the result. We've, we've won the game and our record under him is exceptional. And you've got to, you've just got to show trust in Emery at the moment because he's delivered results. Forget the Stevenage game. In the league, he has delivered results so far. We know he's a, an elite manager that's got experience of winning things and experience of building things. We've got to stick with him and we've got we've got to give him a chance and believe in what he's doing. But I do, you know, Ollie Watkins is someone who comes in for criticism from the Villa fan base. And again, this was 50-50 when I, when I tweeted it on, on, on Saturday morning, I think I tweeted this. I really think we lost something when Watkins went off. I think he does a lot that gets undervalued by Villa fans. I think his hold-up play is pretty good. I'm not saying he's the best hold-up player in the Premier League, but I think his hold-up play is pretty good. Also, his movement and his running of the channels. He's always an outlet. And when you were trying to play out from the back the way we were, he would have been. He was a massive loss for, for that as well. And again, he would have been part of what we were working on in, in the week. Danny Ings isn't that type of player. He's not an outlet player. Watkins to play successfully under Emery in the way Emery wants to play. I honestly think Watkins is, is huge to that, and I think he was a huge loss. I didn't think we were as good going forward when he went off the pitch. Um. Yeah. Uh, I. I... It's hard to know because they're like they're two different players, and, and it's it's difficult when, like, there there has become, and even even on our own podcast, you know, there's very much a Danny Ings or Ali Watkins. It can only like like you all, both of the Aston Villa players, they both they both play the game completely differently, you know, and, and it's okay to be able to say that you're right in what you say. Danny Ings is never going to get you to give you give you the effort and the hustle that Ali Watkins gives you. But Ollie Watkins is never going to give you that 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 clever little little finish into the into the bottom corner that Danny Ings is going to get you, and that's that's, that's absolutely fine. The sharpness in front of goal—that's what Ings well, has got, hasn't and, it? And saying that Ings did miss a one-on-one, and nobody nobody mentions it. And I thought that he should have scored it. And people said it was a great save for Melier. And when I looked back at it again today, I went, "He just kicked it straight at him." You know, Ings got one chance in the game, or Ings got one chance in the game, and kicked it straight at the keeper. And that's fine. I've no problem with that because every striker is entitled to do that. To, like, 
you're not going to score every every chance you get. So that's not me saying Danny Ings is a bad player. But I can guarantee you if Golly Watkins misses that pass, we're reading about it still on Twitter that Ali Watkins can't finish one-on-ones. And it's because Ali Watkins has shown in the past that he can't finish one-on-ones. So it's fair enough to say that. Um, but can he get better at them? Absolutely he can. And what you say is right as well, Dan. And that's where I'm getting at here is that um, we're going to probably see what it's like without Ali Watkins for a few weeks. I, I don't know. It seemed like if he couldn't play on that he probably won't be available for Southampton. And you know the way Danny Ings likes to likes to score against teams that he used to play for, but he's a, he's just a different striker. You know the, the midfielder going to need to work more. Um, the midfielder are going to need to work more more in attack. They're going to need to run the channels more. Buendia is going to need to work harder. And I think actually it suited Buendia a small bit more when he had to work harder because he couldn't drift in and out of the game. And I thought he came into it a small bit more in the second half when he was played. He's played up top beside... So that was actually an interesting thing that Emery did. Played Buendia beside Ings. Yeah. And he dropped Bailey back. And I thought that, that brought, brought a small bit more out of Buendia. Still wasn't great. Took, he's lethal in the air, as we see, that he scored with his header. But uh, he's like he still wasn't the Emmy Buendia that we thought we were, we were buying when we, when we spent all that money on him. But he was better. And, uh, you know, moving him up top like that might be something that we might see in the future to give that extra energy around Danny Ings and still keep Leon Bailey wider. Maybe that's something we see going forward. Uh, Emmy Buendia playing in that com almost have that, that false nine off, off of Danny Ings without Ollie, Ollie Watkins in the team because it's interesting and it's something I'd, I'd, like to, I'd like to pick Una Emery's brain on that as to why he did that and was it because he wanted to get a small bit more energy up there. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm going to do an IVFC stat over here. Buendia's got three winners now this season. He's someone who I think we need more output from, but you know he has got three winners, which is is, is not a bad start at all. Some of the, some of the comments we've got: everything Villa who agrees with me saying Watkins moves defenders out of position, and that's what we missed when he went off. And AVFC Stata says if Ali Watkins misses that Ings chance, he'd get torn apart on on social media. He's he's trying. Certain players just seem to get slighted for certain things, and then others seem to to, to not get as much sticky. Ali Watkins is an important player for Villa. We, I mean, we, to be fair, we, me and Omar spoke about him in the, in the last show quite a lot. Ollie Watkins is still a critical player. Jade W77, maybe something in what he's saying. Watkins can hold the ball, but after that, he struggles to do something with it. But let's talk about a player who does not polarise social media or the Villa fan base at all. Let's talk about Bubakar Kamara, because, my God, Steven Gerrard did nothing good for Aston Villa, but he did get Bubakar Kamara through the door and tempt him to join us somehow. And I just can't believe every club in the world wasn't looking at him, because he is a class act. He is excellent. Like he's just he makes me so happy. Bubakar Kamara makes me so happy because he does the work of three men uh, in, in that midfield. And he does it wearing a pair of slippers. And I mean that like he's he never looks like he's out of breath. He never looks like he's 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 overexerting himself. He looks like he's just slightly like he's just gliding around the place and he's just joyful. Is that oh, the word? So good, so so good. It's the composure. It makes it makes me feel more more confident in midfield when you see that composure. The fact that he knows I need to take three steps to the right, I need to take three steps to the left. I can lunge in here because I've got a. Like it's almost like he's got a computational uh, ability to know the statistical. Uh, like oh, I'm I'm odds on favour to win this ball, or if I move here, I'm going to be in a better position. He just has it up here. It's I can't speak highly enough about him. He is excellent, absolutely excellent. The biggest compliment I can give him is, is I actually think he could play anywhere. <laughs> I genuinely think he could play. Maybe not up front. But I, th- you know, I think he could play as a six. He could play as an eight. I think he could play centre-back with, with ease. He could probably play right-back. 
these you could put him in one of Emre's like flank positions, hybrid central midfielder slash wide player, and I think he'd do well. He's yeah. just a beautiful footballer. He doesn't really have any weaknesses in his game for, for a midfield. His technique's really good. His, his dribbling and close control is really good. His one-touch passing's excellent. His passing in general, the way of passes, is, is always right. He wins the ball back. He can get mm. stuck in. Very, there's very there's very little that I can criticise him, him for. I don't, I don't think there's anything that he's, he's bad at. You know, he's got good stature as well, so I'm, we don't see much of it, but I imagine he's pretty handy in, in the air as well. I think he's about around six foot one, Kamara. Mm. He's just so, so good. And again, Rob Henry saying how he took that young pass and glided at the pitch with Bailey's goal was world-class. And again, if, I, if De Bruyne had done that, everyone would be saying, oh, this is, De Bruyne is the best in the Prem. This, this is what he does. That was absolute class from Kamara for that for that first goal. And everything good that Villa do is usually on the scene somewhere. I remember being so excited when we signed Marvellous in the camera after about two or three games going, no, we finally have someone who can play in the number six who can tackle standing up and doesn't need to go to ground after we'd seen guys like Carlos Sanchez and, and all these guys come in and try and, play that six, try and play that six position. And I remember going, oh my God, this is great. We've got someone who can tackle standing up. And then when you see Kamara come into the team, you kind of go, all right, okay. I've, we've been starved of this type of player, this our number six for way too long now because this guy is brilliant. Um, and that's that. Like that's all I'm going to say. Is he's really, really good, and I and enjoy him, enjoy enjoy him for for what he does. Because um, as I say, this team needs needs players like that to grow. And we like there's going to be a, a, a cohort or a faction of, of, of people who are me probably included. There'll come a time probably in about ten days' time where I'll be going. Okay, where are the signings? Where are the signings that we have? Um, if we brought in one Bubakar Kamara type signing in the January transfer window, and that was it, I think we'd be happy with that because uh, you know the the difference he makes to this team is is immeasurable at the moment. Oh, it, tra- it transformed that Villa midfield. That Villa midfield was was not good. It didn't feel like it functioned properly because it was missing that type of player. But he's what we were missing, and streets beyond that as well. You know, Liverpool, for example, must the problems they've had in midfield this season. How have they not tried to pick him up on a free? Man U, he did, did, did come into Manchester United and, and improve them, improve their midfield. I think you know there's, there's very few teams in the Premier League that I don't think he'd improve. Paris Saint Germain, you know, that, that I've known all about him playing playing in league and like why? Why did it seem to just be a straight shootout between us and Atletico? That's what I don't understand. I mean, Atletico yeah. would have ruined him the way, the way they play football at times, but yeah, you know how I don't know how we've been allowed to do it. We've no I, right to get him with no European football. Absolutely no right to get him at all. I know we're I'd a big say, club, but bloody hell. I'd say we've. I'd say he, he had about one hundred and seventy-two thousand reasons for uh, for joining us. One hundred and seventy-two thousand oh. reasons a week. Contract run down. You're entitled to the big bucks, aren't that's you? That's, yeah. that's how it works. But what? What a footballer! What yeah, a he's footballer! Great. He's absolutely yeah. great. And I and I, I don't think we're finished in midfield. Obviously, um, I don't think no, we're finished we in midfield. Um, I I wouldn't be surprised if we saw a midfielder come in this this transfer window. Uh, obviously, I, th- I think we're an opportunity cost areas at the moment, um, but I think we could see a midfielder come in. Uh, specifically, I, I don't know how long John McGinn's injury is going to be. They were talking about he four said uh, he said a couple of weeks. On yeah, and he kept, did an interview actually before the game was pretty good. Yeah, yeah, he said about around two weeks. He had offered a bit of insight before the game to how things have been under Emery and spoke of his own form as well, which I respected mm. an awful lot. And Gary Neville praised him for that as well because players don't often come on and. Say I've not been good enough, and McGinn came on and and did did exactly that. But he also said he felt like he was the new manager. Like him, he felt like he was starting to get somewhere to 
his best level as well. So, you know, he'll be a good option to have when he comes back in. Because I think he begins to fit at the moment. I think he's probably started under yeah. Emery. I think Emery, Emery seems to like him. And he was just starting to make a bit of an impact on the on games as well. So hopefully he'll be back in the next couple of weeks. You know, Ramsey was kind of feeling his way back in. I thought in, so in, that, in that last game, he didn't, I thought he was good. There was one moment where he drove with the ball and he looked absolutely electric. In, in the Seth and Ings had a great, like Ings yeah. had a lovely switch past him, just a little flick, and and it really opened things up again. And you see, that's Ings has that, and Watkins doesn't have it. Yeah, it's like they're completely different players. It's like like we talk about Lugadin and Moreno and that, and that left hand side. They're going to be totally completely completely different players. And uh, I'm just I'm glad that we've got different styles in the team. You know, but I do think midfield is actually going to be something that that could be talked about more from from an incoming point of view. Um, obviously, Sanson came on uh, at the, on Friday. He's been rumored that uh, I, as far as as far as you could tell on on uh, French social media and stuff like that, that it's a done deal that he goes back to Montpellier. Uh, but I suppose Villa can't let him go now with the injuries that they have unless they no. bring somebody in. So. That's going to be an interesting one. Does that go down to deadline there? Do we let him go? Like I didn't expect him to be in the squad because it was more like Una Emery has gone and told people who can leave. And I thought it was almost confirmed that he was somebody who could leave, along with Gulbert, along with the likes of Nakamba, along with the likes of uh, Augustinson. You know, so it's going to be interesting to see what happens with Sanson. Um, thought, he, thought for the goal, Sanson was, was completely... Like, Nanto had no... Uh, there was There was no... He had no no entitlement to get around Sanson as easy as he did. He just blew past him. He was, looked a lot stronger than him. I know Sanson was just after coming on as well. In that it's instance, not really his game, is it? That still, kind of, that, it's that not. Kind of it's to not. find himself in that position. That's where I think the other central midfielders have had to play wide, have adapted quite well to the defensive side of things, the likes of McGinn and Ramsey. Yeah. Sanson just got thrust on and Glanto running, running ragged for, yeah. for that goal. And I'm not saying the goal was on Sanson, but obviously, he was, he was again, he was no, on the no, scene. No. When that happened, and then Bamford's ended up tucking it away as we, we we felt he probably would when he came on. I do want to just give a quick word for Leeds, just in case there are any Leeds fans watching, because I think they're a good team. Like I say, I think it probably just falls down in both penalty areas. But mm. I actually quite like what Jesse Marsh is doing. I quite like their transfer policy. They've got some excellent players. They play with an abundance of, of energy and tempo, which I really, really respect. I, I like what they do. And I just think, quite simply, they're, they're building and they're, they're a little bit unlucky against us on Friday, but definitely I think those players are playing for the manager. I don't think there's any doubt about that because every time I watch them, they are electric and they're, play yeah. they're playing for that manager. And they again, they put everything into that game on Friday and Villa did well to beat them because that was a tough, tough game. And I don't think Villa were at their best. I think the difference was Villa were clinical and Villa just were, were better at last-ditch defending than, than Leeds were. Villa got themselves out of trouble, whereas Leeds couldn't seem to, to manage to do that. But I, I think there's a lot to like about that Leeds side. I think they were... That they're yeah. So I said said the same on Sky. When we, I think it was last week when I was speaking about Leeds. I, I like them and can see what they're doing, and I like that they've got a plan. And I think they should should stick with it because I do think they'll start to move up the table. I do too. Yeah. Um. Not got, like I will say one thing about Jesse. Like they've got some really good players. I think everybody in their midfield gets picked up and at the drop of a hat, no problem. Um, because I think they've got a really good midfield, and it's and like you said there. Um, Rodrigo Moreno has come into it in in, in score, he's scoring form. They've got Nanto as well there on the on the left hand side. Jack Harrison as well. Uh, he would definitely he would definitely get picked up. So they've got some really talented players. Back four just aren't it for me. But I think one other thing as well is, if you're a Leeds fan and you're out there and you're kind of maybe on the fence about Jesse Marsh, I can agree with you because. He says some unbelievably silly things. He says some strange things. He says some think... strange things, and, and I just could never be motivated by him. He just he looks like he's a, he just looks like he blames everybody else, and and I don't know. It's 
the, the shitty thing about it is, you see the lovely BC did with Nanto when Nanto first came into the club, and he talked to him, and he wanted to know about his father and all this, and where are your family, your family back there? Really lovely moment, poignant moment. But then in, the, in, in post-matches and pre-matches, he says some wild things. That yeah. there's no way if there's no way he watches that back and goes, "Oh, I'm um, I shouldn't have said that." You know, he just doesn't watch it back. It sounds sounds silly. Like the thing he said after the game was, "I prefer to play well and lose than to play badly and win." And you're going, "Yeah, well then don't be surprised when you get sacked." So, you know, or don't be I surprised. Don't when you're get, I don't think he'll get. I don't think he'll get sacked. Some, Tony Sparks is saying rumor has it Moises gone and Benitez is in. That's one <coughs> relegation place could confirm that. That would be, would be an interesting problem. I don't see Leeds parting with, with, with Jesse Marsh. I think they should, and I think they should personally. I think they should stick with him. As well, because I don't think I don't think they're too far off being a good team. Maybe give them another transfer window. Verba came on for them, to be fair as well, didn't he? I mm. thought he was a little bit the same as Moreno coming at left back. Looked a little bit shell shocked at the, the the tempo and, and the pace. The Premier League is a different beast. It's, it's a big step up. So players coming in, especially defensively, it is a baptism of fire when you come on in the game. I thought Verba looked a little bit shell shocked, just like Moreno did. But yeah, you know what? It was a good game. I thought I came back from that game. I didn't think Villa were brilliant, but it was a good game. I I, I enjoyed it. And I think it was fascinating again from a tactical perspective. And I'm just seeing the resilience from Villa that I really like. And 13 points from 18 under Unai Emery. When you look at the teams that we've played as well, that is an unbelievable return. And if we can go to Southampton and get a good result again yeah. on, on Saturday, we're really starting to... Yeah, we're really starting to look up up the league and look like we're trending in, in the right direction. We get a couple of his players in as well who he thinks will be able to adapt to his system and the way he works things a little bit better as well. We'll be in a good place. It's early days, but... I've, we would have maybe got three, four points out of this run of fixtures under Gerard, in my, in my opinion. Now, to get 13 and knock some massive monkeys off our back as well in terms of beating Manchester United at home, coming from behind to win a game, coming from behind to draw a game at Villa Park as well, getting that first away win, then that second away win. You know, we've done we've ticked off a lot of things early doors and, you know, this is very early days under Unai Emery. I think we've got to back him. We've got to believe that we've got an elite manager here that's going to take us to where we think we should be. But we have to give him time because it won't be simple. It won't happen overnight. And like the Stevenage game, which was a disgrace, there will be roadblocks that, and hurdles that we have to we have to come over. But at the moment, I'm really, really happy with, with what I'm seeing. And I'm coming away from Villa Park buoyed most weeks. And I, that's all I want. That's what I want to say. I want to say that there's a future and say that there's a vision and see what we're trying to do. And I'm saying that. So I'm happy. Neil, thanks ever so much for joining me again. Apologies for the massive delay. God knows what's going on with my internet. I'll try and get that sorted as soon as possible. But it seems to have held up and worked through the show. And that's the main thing. Thanks for getting involved in all, all the comments. I do see some of them filtered through and try and involve them in the show when I can. I enjoy hearing what everyone's got to say, even if you don't agree with everything I say. That's fine. That's football. That's why we all love it. Thanks to Purity for continuing to sponsor us as well. Treat yourself to some Purity if you enjoy that kind of thing and use the code hashtag BillAview and you will get 10% off everything they have to offer. We'll be back with a preview and hopefully another new show this week up ahead of the Southampton game. So watch out for that. Do subscribe to the channel with your post notifications on so you know exactly when the videos are coming and follow us on social media as well. The details are below my lovely, lovely face. That does us. Yeah, we'll be back Back later on in the week. Thanks for tuning in and as always, up the villa. Sports Social Podcast Network. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. 
That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchases, full work limited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.